Well, I was here at the church working this week, and I went to the bathroom to wash my hands. And while I was in there, I noticed that we have this decorative sign in the bathroom that says, gather here with grateful hearts. Now, that's nice. That would be nice, right? That would be good to, to be able to gather here with grateful hearts. I wish you could do that. And, and then I remembered where I was, and I thought, well, maybe gathering here in the bathroom wouldn't produce grateful hearts. That'd be kind of weird, actually. I don't know, maybe that's just me. But I do hope that you and your family are adjusting well to the social distancing that we have been experiencing. And I'm, I'm sure there have been struggles in your home uh, through all of this. Uh, we've got families right now that are, that are trying to figure out how to do work at home, how to do school at home. Some cases, you know, families are trying to figure out how to do life at home right now, and that creates, I'm sure, in some cases, some tension over how to do that well. And, and I think maybe for a lot of us, we're trying to figure out how do we bring some sense of order into our home right now? How do we, how do we bring some sense of order to our family and the way that we're doing things? Because you can't function in chaos for the next month, right? You can't you can't have a free-for-all in your home uh, throughout the next month or however long this is going to last. That, that would be way too much tension in our homes. And, and some of you, though, you're on the other side of that. You're struggling with something completely different because there's no one in your house. And so you're struggling with isolation. You're struggling, perhaps, with, with loneliness. And the social distancing is... And at times really getting to you. In fact, some of it has to do, some of the tension and anxiety maybe that you're feeling has to do with this lack of a schedule, this lack of a routine, this lack of having order in your, in your everyday life right now, and that's starting to get to you. You want some sense of order right now in your life that's going to make you feel connected to something other than your TV. I think a lot of us right now are looking for that sense of order and structure in our families, in our homes, and that's understandable, but we also need some sense of order in our faith. We need to have some sense of order when it comes to our church family right now. We can't just have this free-for-all uh, mentality to our faith where everybody's just doing their own thing and we forget that we're a church. We forget that we're a church family and we become so disconnected over the next month that we forget what that's like to be connected to one another. We've got to be thinking about how we can establish some order in our faith and some order in our church family. You know, we've been studying the book of 1 Corinthians together throughout this series that we've called Be Wise. And what we've been talking about is how applying God's word, God's truth to our everyday lives makes life better. We take a look at things that are going on in our lives, and when we apply the word of God, when we apply his wisdom, his truth uh, to our everyday lives, it just it makes life better. And that's what the series has been about 
And in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, if you would open your Bibles and you can join me there, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks about bringing order to the church in Corinth because apparently their gatherings had become somewhat chaotic. Their, their gatherings together had become somewhat of a free-for-all where, where a bunch of, too many people were talking at once or one person would, would blurt something out or someone else was trying to talk, and it just had become chaotic, and they needed some structure. They needed to have some sense of order in their faith and in their gatherings as a church family. In chapter 14, verse 33, Paul writes this, God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. God's not a God of disorder. God is a God of peace. And then later on in verse 40, he writes, be sure that everything is done properly and in order. If you have an NIV, it's translated, everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. We as families are trying to figure out how do we bring order into our homes right now. But I think it's important that we take time to think about how do we bring order into our faith? How do we bring a sense of structure and order into our church family when our, our normal order of doing things, the normal order of the way that we function has been disrupted so radically? How do we bring some order into that? You know, we, we don't want to get to a place over this next month and, and maybe even beyond that, but for sure the next month, this is our situation. Right? This is the reality that we're living in through the month of April, for sure. We don't want to get to a place uh, where, our, our, where our faith has become this free-for-all, where our, our church family connection is everyone's just kind of doing their own thing, and, we've, and we somehow slowly distance ourselves away from being connected to one another. How do we bring, how do we bring order to our faith? How do we remember throughout this next month, that we're still a church family, and we're still driven and, and called to a, to a purpose, a common purpose, to help people live Jesus-centered lives. How do we do that well when the normal order to things has been blown up by this virus? You know, if, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, and maybe, maybe you're listening, you're, you're leaning in, and you're listening to what we're talking about today because of the the stress that you're feeling over all of this uncertainty. And, and you've got anxiety and, and fear in, in your life right now, and you feel overwhelmed by it, and you just are looking for some sense of order. You're looking for some, some sense of connection that's real. And what I'm going to ask of you is this. I'm just going to ask you to, to hang in there with me, stick with me this morning. Because I, I absolutely believe that what we're talking about today when it comes to, uh, to, to bringing some sense of order to our faith and, and into our church family, I absolutely uh, believe that you can have that. You can have that through faith in Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about that uh, throughout this time together this morning. So just please hang in there with me. I believe that what we're going to talk about today is going to be helpful to all of us. Because we're all looking for that sense of order right now. We're all, we're all feeling that need for connection in our lives right now. 
So to help us think about practical ways of how we can order our faith and how we can bring order to our church family, I want to invite you to open your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4 in the New Testament. And as you're finding 2 Timothy chapter 4, I want to give you a little bit of context into what we're about to read together. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to a young pastor named Timothy, and in this letter he gives Timothy instruction on how to lead the church, and he shares with him his heart about things that are going on in his own life. It's a fascinating letter, and when Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, he was writing it from a prison. He was he was chained up in a prison. He was in isolation. He was, he was in forced quarantine. And he didn't have Netflix, and he didn't have the ability to, to, uh, to order in pizza or to, or to order something from Amazon Prime, those things. He didn't have access to those things. He was just in isolation, couldn't, couldn't leave, couldn't get out. And the next major event in his life would be execution be death. I want you to take that understanding of that context with you as we read what he says here in verse 6 of chapter 4. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of His return. And, and the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. I want you to try to imagine yourself in Paul's situation. And for some of you, it's not going to be much of a stretch. You uh, imagine yourself in a place of isolation and disconnect, uh, disconnection from other people. Uh, a place where you, you can't just go and, and gather with others like you would like to, a place of fear and anxiety and uncertainty, knowing uh, that there are uh, things on the horizon that you have no control over. Imagine yourself in that type of situation. For some, that's not a stretch at all. That's, that's how you feel right now. And take that understanding into verse 9. He says to Timothy, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life, and he's gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Luke is, is the only one with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat that I left with Carpus at Trous, and bring my books, especially my papers, parchments, his scrolls. Verse 14, he talks about this man named Alexander the coppersmith, who apparently did uh, much harm to Paul and his ministry. He says the Lord will judge him for what he does, but he wants Timothy to be careful of him. Just be careful of him. He fought against everything that we said. 
And in verse 16, he says, The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Went to trial, and no one was there. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. He's not holding on to a grudge. He's just stating the fact. And in verse 17, he says, But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. When I die, Paul says, when I leave this life, God will surely bring me into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. It's interesting that that Paul is asking Timothy to come and visit him as soon as possible. Luke apparently is the only one that is still around and, and is connected to him, and he just feels, feels isolated and disconnected, and he wants, he wants Timothy to come and visit with him. I also find it interesting in verse 17 where Paul says, The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Everybody else seemed to bail on me. Everybody else abandoned me, deserted me, and I feel this sense of distance and isolation, but not from God. The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. When we find ourselves in difficult situations, and and maybe we find ourselves feeling lonely or uh, isolated, maybe we're feeling uncertain about, like, how are our needs going to get met? Some of you might be possibly losing your jobs, or maybe that's already happened, and you're wondering, how how are my needs going to get met? Is this stimulus package going to do it with the unemployment? How is that all going to work out? Are we going to be okay? Right? There's probably questions like that bouncing around in some of your minds right now, and it's creating some anxiety. Or maybe maybe because of the distance from others, you feel discouraged, you feel forgotten, you feel like this distance so away from uh, other people in your life that you care about and you love, it's, 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 it's overwhelming at times. I think it's certainly wonderful to know that we can always depend on the Lord. The Lord will always stand by our side and will always give us strength. God will never abandon us, not even for a moment, and it's a wonderful truth to hold on to during times like this, that the Lord will always be there to bring us strength when we need it. And that's not to say that that God always removes the problem, that God always steps in and intervenes and fixes the problem, because God doesn't always do that. He didn't do that that for Paul, right? God didn't intervene and somehow work it out so that Paul could leave that prison. He was executed. And yet, through all of that, Paul says, God has never left my side. The Lord has constantly given me strength. And that's a wonderful thing to know. That God will never leave us, will never forsake us, will never desert us or abandon us. He'll always be by our side to give us strength no matter what. But I think the other important thing that jumps out to me in this whole situation that Paul finds himself in is, is the opportunity that the church has to make a difference in Paul's life. You know, Paul can't just uh, go about the normal order of life. He can't just get out and gather with others. That's all been blown apart by, 
by this isolation and being chained up in prison. And yet the church has this opportunity to make a difference in Paul's life. As I'm thinking about the needs that Paul had in his life at that time because of the isolation that he was experiencing, chained up, unable to leave, I think it paints a picture for us of of, of how we can bring order to our faith, how we can bring some sense of order to our church family in a time in life when our normal structure, our normal order of doing life and, and, and connecting with one another in a church setting, that's all been blown apart by this virus. You know, I think what we're going to read here together this morning gives us a window, a picture into how we can bring some order to all of that. So I want to offer you three simple ways that we can bring order to our faith in this time, how, how we can bring some order to our church family over the next month. Maybe it'll be longer than that, I don't know, but for sure we've got April, and, and, and this, is our, this is our life situation right now, so how can we bring order to it? The first way that we can do that, bring order to our faith and order to our church family, is to schedule refreshment. We can schedule refreshment and encouragement. In chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, verse 16, Paul talks about this man named Oniphorus and how his kindness of visiting with Paul encouraged him and refreshed him. And it wasn't an easy thing to do. It says in verse 17, he got to Rome and he searched everywhere until he found Paul. And, and it wasn't an easy thing to reach out and find ways to refresh Paul, to encourage him in his situation. But he did it. He scheduled that time of refreshment. He, he was intentional about planning out how to do that. You know, this is the week before we celebrate Easter, right? Next Sunday is Easter. It's the, that's the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this Friday is what we call Good Friday. It's the day that we remember how Jesus Christ was crucified, where he, uh, where he was sacrificed, where he willingly sacrificed his own life as a, as a substitute payment for our sin. And, and as we reflect on what Jesus did for us on the cross, I think it's really important that, that we remember that Jesus also felt what it, what it feels like to be isolated. He felt the stress of loneliness. He felt the stress of isolation. You know, the, the, the night that he was arrested, he was in a garden and he was praying and he asked his closest friends to stay up and stay close and to pray with him. And they kept falling asleep. And, and then when the, the guards showed up to arrest Jesus that night, they all bailed, right? One of them betrayed him. Another one denied he even know, knew who Jesus was. They abandoned him. They deserted him. When Jesus hung on the cross... He cried out to the Father, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knows what it feels like to be isolated. He knows what it feels like to have a sense of uncertainty or, or fear of, of what's coming next. And he understands that. 
And he wants to be a refreshment to your soul. I mean, that's why he went through the agony of the cross. So that he could defeat sin and death for you. So that he could be spiritually connected to you forever and bring peace to you through his Holy Spirit in troubled times. And that's a wonderful thing to know. And certainly, uh, Paul, as we know in verse 17, he benefited, he was refreshed by Jesus and his connection to the Lord. And it's good to know that. But this is also an opportunity for the church to schedule refreshment in the lives of other people. Just like uh, this, this man, Aniphorus, did for Paul. And I just want you to know, I've seen this already happening. I mean, yes, I'm challenging you to stay committed to that and make it a priority to plan and schedule and, and commit to finding ways to refresh one another. But it's already been happening. Last Sunday afternoon, some of our, our youth leaders, Michelle and Tana, they put together these care packages for our students. It has snacks in them, a note of encouragement, and then went and and took those care packages to homes of our students, and just to refresh them, just to be a refreshment to them. That's an amazing thing. Last, uh, last week, a man in our church, uh, Jake, he, he invited Elijah and I to go bird hunting with him. It was, it was just an amazing time to be outside, and to walk through some fields up in the mountains and, and to watch uh, his dog find birds that are hidden out in these fields. It was an incredible thing. And to spend the day with my son, spend the day with a, with a good friend, you know, more than six feet apart, right? But just to be outside and enjoy that time, you know, to, to be away from some of the stress of, and, and the high workload that we've been experiencing and take a break from all of that was just, Here's someone who, who found a way to schedule refreshment for my soul. One, on more than one occasion, I'm sure that you've experienced this perhaps too, but there's people that are sending notes of encouragement and, and text messages and cards. And you know, I, I got a card uh, to our church family, one of the grace groups here in our church. Someone sent a card in just thanking them for uh, continually reaching out and, and encouraging someone in their family, and what a difference it's been making. So it's happening, and I just want you to know that I'm proud of you for that, and I want to encourage you uh, to, to continue to schedule refreshment. Be committed to that over this, uh, over this extended period of time that we uh, are experiencing disconnection from one another. So we can bring some order to our faith. We can bring some order to our church family by scheduling Refreshment. Here's the next way that we can do that. We can schedule generosity. We can be intentional about generosity. In verse 13 of chapter 4, Paul had asked if he would bring uh, with him, when Timothy comes to visit, he would bring his cloak or his coat, his books, his parchments, his scrolls as well. He, he had these needs, and he couldn't just you know, leave and go to Walmart and, and pick up a new coat and pick up some office supplies. He couldn't do that. He needed someone else to come alongside and provide for his needs, to schedule some generosity 
And we've already seen that happening in our church as well. I'm so proud of those of you who have who've already taken that step and, and you've signed up on our I want to meet a need button. You, you said that you wanted to help meet needs, and you've been doing that. We've been able to connect some people that want to meet needs with those who need uh, some things, and, and it requires some generosity of people. It's been incredible to watch. I also want you to know that our leadership team as a church has been so encouraged uh, that, that so many of you have been finding ways to schedule generosity when it comes to financially supporting the ministry of Grace Fellowship. It's been incredible, uh, whether it's been online giving or uh, sending checks in, in the mail, or you've just been finding ways to do that, to schedule and be intentional about your generosity. And uh, we just want you to know that we're so appreciative of that, and, and we've been so encouraged by that. Because it's not how we normally schedule our generosity, right? It's not the normal gathering together that, uh, that we normally order our generosity around. And yet our church family is finding ways to schedule generosity. And I just want to challenge you to keep doing that. Keep finding ways to schedule generosity in the lives of other people. Here's the third thing we can do to bring order to our faith, to bring order to our church family. We can schedule connection. We can schedule connection. You know, uh, it, it wasn't just the being chained up and confined in this prison situation that, that Paul had to emotionally and spiritually deal with. It was this loss of connection to others. It was this isolation that he was experiencing. And, and when you look and see what it was that refreshed him, like, you can see the, the, the words of discouragement when it came to people abandoning him and not showing up and, and leaving. But the words of refreshment that you see Paul write all have to do with people making a connection with him. In verse 16 of chapter 1, it was Aniparus that reached out and was encouraging. It was that connection to him. And in chapter 4, verse 17, it was his connection to Jesus that never left his side that gave him continual strength. You know, it's really, really important that you schedule time to connect with the Lord during this time. And, and maybe for some of you, right, the only time that you really ever scheduled connection with God was when we gathered together on a Sunday morning, and then you were just like too busy the rest of the week to make time to be alone with God and to connect with the Lord. Well, well now that time's gone, right? We, we're not going to gather together at least for another month. So what are you going to do? Right? You, I really want to challenge you, if, if that was the pattern of your life, to reorder your life, to really consider how you could reorder the priorities of your life and make that, schedule that connection time with the Lord. Don't just wait until the next large gathering to do that also would say there's probably some of you that you had a rhythm to that. You had a schedule to time that you would spend connecting with the Lord, and now everyone's at your house all the time, and, and that time alone with God is really, really hard to find because the rhythm to your life has been disrupted so greatly. It's like, how do I, how do I find time to just get a few minutes alone with, with God? I just want to challenge you and encourage you. Figure it out. Work hard to find that time, carve out that time to be alone somewhere with God and just spend that time in prayer with, 
with the Lord and, and time alone with God in, in His Word. It's really important to do that because that, that connection with the Lord is where we're going to get our strength, peace that we need in troubled times. It's really important that you schedule that time to connect with, with the Lord. I also uh, want you to know that it's really important to make sure that you're, you're connecting to one another. That connection to our church family is also really, really important. You know, we, I think we've been trying our best to do that through, through social media and things like this with the live stream services. And our congregational care team's been doing a great job trying to reach out and do some wellness check calls on, on some people. And, you know, so we're doing some of those things, and that's all really good. And I would challenge you uh, to make sure that we don't lose that priority. Make sure we don't lose that commitment throughout this next month. That could, that could happen for some, right? You get into uh, a, a sense of laziness and the schedule's kind of all messed up. And, eh, don't do that. Stay committed. Make it a priority to stay connected to your church family. But as we think about the month of April, we're asking the question, how can we, how can we bring some order to our faith? How can we bring a sense of order to our church family? And I want you to know that our our, our staff has been working really hard to try to answer that question. So here's what we come up with. Here's the plan for the month of April. Some things that we're going to schedule in the month of April to help uh, make that connection better than what it has been over the last couple weeks as we move through the month of April. On, on Tuesday nights, throughout the month of April, every Tuesday at 6.30... We're going to have a live stream on, on Facebook Live, and we're going to call it Three Questions. Three Questions, and the way it's going to work, we're going to have myself and each one of the pastors, one each week throughout the month of April, we're going to sit down and we're going to prepare three questions for each other. We won't tell each other what the questions are going to be in advance. We won't know until we sit down together. Two of those questions will be more serious, kind of Bible-based uh, how are you living out your faith right now kind of questions. And then one of the questions will be more lighthearted, something hopefully that will be a little more fun. And we'll just have this back and forth discussion. Uh, but we'd like you to interact with us on that. Don't just sit and watch and enjoy that conversation as it unfolds. Certainly want you to participate uh, in that. So schedule that. Schedule that time as best you can. Uh, Tuesday nights throughout the month of April at 6.30, three questions with your pastors. The next thing that we're scheduling through the month of April is going to be on Thursday nights at 6.30, something that we're going to have another live stream, Facebook uh, live stream that we're calling, Are You Smarter Than a Third Grader? Are You Smarter Than a Third Grader? And this is, certainly everyone is welcome, but uh, this is really geared towards the, our children, uh, in, in our church family, and it's going to be with Pastor Caleb and his daughters, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great way for our kids to get connected and to be able to interact with uh, one another, a lot of fun. Also for parents to learn how to use some of the really great resources that we have available as you are now discipling your children at home that, uh, that we can help assist you in that effort. The other thing that we want to offer uh, throughout the month of April, every Wednesday night at 6.30, we would like to have an online gathering 
for our youth students. Now, we're going to do that through the technology of Zoom. Zoom is an online meeting space, and uh, we would like our students to be able to see each other and interact with each other. There will be some fun things that, uh, that Michelle will prepare and, and do with our youth students uh, during that one hour uh, each Wednesday night that we can have our youth students gather together. So the way you sign up for that, students, you go to our website and go to the youth page on our website, and you can fill out a form there, and then that, uh, that'll allow you to get into that meeting space on Wednesday nights throughout the month of April. One more thing we're going to do to help bring order to our church family connection is we're going to start scheduling and organizing uh, online grace groups, online grace groups. And what we'd like to do is organize groups of 10 or less, and uh, we will have one group at a time for an hour, and then another group, uh, depending on how many we have, how many people sign up, we'll organize into groups of 10 or less. And it'll just be a discussion of uh, how do we live out what, what we learn in our sermon? How do we take uh, the biblical principles that we talked about in the sermon? How do we live that out? What are some practical applications that we can learn uh, from, uh, from the sermon that weekend and encourage one another to live those things out? And like I said, it'll be an hour long. And the way you sign up to be part of that, go to our website, go to the Grace Group page, and there'll be a form there you can fill out. Let us know. I think it says online Grace Group is what the page says. Go to that and fill out that form, and then we'll start organizing these days and times for each one of the groups, uh, these online Grace Groups. And we really believe that this is going to help bring a little bit more order to our faith, a little bit more order to our church family throughout the month of April as we are prayerfully waiting on God to bring, to bring this disruption of our normal order to an end. You know, God is not a God of disorder. He's a God of peace. We all want some order in our lives right now. We all, I think, want uh, some peace in our souls right now. And God really is the only one who can bring that sense of order, who can bring that sense of peace to our lives. If I could just be blunt with you, be honest with you, uh, being far from God, that's why people have a lack of peace in their hearts. It's, it's because of that distance from God, because God is the one who gives peace to those who trust Him. And when we're far from God, we don't have that peace from Him. Being far from God is why people who, who have a sense of uncertainty, why that uncertainty turns into this, this, this fear, this, this sense of chaotic confusion. Because it's trust in God of being in total control that brings order into our lives, that brings peace into our hearts. You know, this virus has ripped normal away from us, right? It has, it has caused many of us to reevaluate how we have ordered our lives. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. To be, to be pushed into this place where we are considering how have we really been ordering our lives. Maybe there's some things in our lives that do need to be reordered. 
See, the only, the only path to peace and confidence in the future is to order our lives around Jesus because He's the one who has conquered sin. He's the one who's conquered death. He's the one who offers us hope and life beyond this world. And that hope in Jesus, that's what rips fear and uncertainty out of our hearts and replaces it with confidence in the one who's really in control. You were never in control. God is in control. He's the one who can bring peace and confidence in our hearts. Romans 8.15 talks to the believer and says this, You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. You received a spirit of sonship. Believer, you are a child of of God. You are a son, a daughter of, of, of God, your father, and he loves you in an incredible, intimate way. And he wants to meet your needs. He wants to be by your side and provide strength in times of trouble. If I ask you an honest question, what if, what if God wants to use this pandemic to get your attention? What if God wants to use this pandemic to cause you to reconsider how you have ordered your life and to have you step into a place where you consider ordering your life around Jesus instead of whatever it is that you have been ordering your life around up until this point? If you are ready this morning to step in faith, and to trust in Jesus Christ as your forgiver of sin, as your Savior from hell, as the one who can transform your life, if you're ready to take that step of faith, then I would encourage you right now, wherever you are, listening to this uh, talk, that you would close your eyes, that you would just take a moment alone with God and pray something like this. Dear God, I believe you love me and that you have made me for a purpose Please forgive me of all the wrong things that I have said, that I have thought, that I have done. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay for my sins when he died on the cross. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I, I trust Jesus as my forgiver of sin. And I want him to be the leader of my life. And I'm asking you to please transform my life. And help me to live completely for you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I would encourage you to reach out to us. Get on our website and connect with us there. We would love to help you, give you some more information of the next steps that you would take in your faith as, as a follower of Jesus. And, and really uh, give you some information. How, how do you now live a Jesus-centered life? We'd love to help you with that. So let us know if we can. But Christian, I, I want to ask you the same question. What if God wants to use this pandemic to get your attention? What if God wants to use what we're going through right now in your life to cause you to reconsider what you've been ordering your life around? Maybe God wants to get your attention and, and, and is moving you towards considering what it would really look like for you to order your life around Jesus instead of whatever it is that you've been ordering your life around. 
Maybe it is time for you to bring some order to your faith in a way that you can relate to your church family in a new, more intimate way. Because God doesn't want us to to order our faith in such a way that it's a free-for-all, just everyone doing whatever it is that they want to do and we're not connected to one another. That's not what God wants for his church. He wants you as a follower of Jesus to be connected to a church family. And maybe maybe that's just not been what you've been pursuing. And and hopefully through this, God is, is pushing you into a place where you are reconsidering what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to be the church, what it means to live a Jesus-centered life. You know, as we think about how we bring order to our faith and how we bring order to our church family, let's really think practically how this week, how this month, we can schedule refreshment in the lives of other people, that we can schedule generosity, where we can schedule connection and really be committed to that throughout this next month. You know, it's possible that at the end of the uh, month of April, things start getting back to the normal order. It's possible. I don't know, but, you know, it's possible that we're going to be able to, you know, at the end of the month, move this sign out of the bathroom and and into this room, and, and we can gather here with grateful hearts in this room together. And that would be amazing, right? And we certainly pray towards that end. But one of the things that that I guess I'm not necessarily fearful of, but I'm concerned about is when we get back to the normal order, are we going to forget some of the things that God wants us to learn during this time of crisis, during this time where our, our whole worlds have been turned upside down? You know, there's things that God wants to do in your heart right now. There's there's some things that God wants to do in your life and in your faith. There's some things that God wants to do in in your family, some things that maybe God wants to to reestablish in your marriage right now. There's some things that God, I know, wants to do uh, in, in our church family and help us to rethink how we do ministry. And as we, as we walk through all of that and we allow God, hopefully we allow God to do those things in our hearts, in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our church. I pray that when we get on the other side of this and we get back to the normal order, that our hearts will have been permanently changed. That God will have done something in us over this next month that won't ever go back to normal but that will be permanently changed. To do things in the lives of other people and in this community for the sake of the gospel that he's been wanting for us to do for years. But our lives have been ordered around something else. God's not a God of disorder. He's a God of peace. and He wants to bring order to your life. He wants to bring order to your faith. He wants to bring order to our church family. I pray that he will do that in my heart. I pray that he's doing that right now in your heart and in your family. I pray that God's going to do that in our church, that he will radically change us in incredible ways.
over this next month. We pray for you. God, thank you so much for the time that we have been able to spend together in this moment. And only you know what you're doing in the lives and the hearts of people right now at this, at this moment. I can't see all of that. But I'm trusting that you would lean in and press hard into the hearts of those that you would want to change. Start with me. Lord, I pray that uh, what we are learning, what you are pressing in on our hearts, what you are uh, asking us to reorder and rearrange in our lives, that, that we would surrender to that and that you would radically change us permanently. That this would be a long-term change. That would be for your glory, for your honor, and for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of your kingdom, that you would do some amazing, incredible things through your people. Well, thank you for that. In the name of our Savior.